Welcome back to the Auto Flower Review. Really, really glad you joined us. Today we're actually uh, going to have a conversation with uh, Zeno Seed Company with Jamie. Check it out. Uh, we have Jamie with Zeno Seed Company on with us today. Just had a kind of a spur of the moment, jump on and have a conversation. And uh, we actually ended up talking a good bit before we hit record and I uh, almost forgot. So what's up, Jamie? Not much, man. Happy to be here today. Hell yeah. Shit, we're glad to have you, man. Um, I think I saw a few different people share your your pictures, and uh, that's kind of, I think, how I came across you, and your pictures really, really good, dude. Yeah, I appreciate that. That is definitely how I, honestly, the way that I got into this in the first place probably was having access to good photography equipment and advice, and that ended up, those pictures have done a lot for me, and I just kind of started... Honestly, when I was first making my own seeds, I had no intention of selling them or trying to make seeds professionally or anything like that. I was I was just making them because out here in California, I mean, if you know where to look for clones, you can get these really reliable, fantastic clones and dispensaries that just perform so well. And what I noticed really was that, you know, I was hardly ever popping. I have a big seed collection, but I hardly ever pop them. I'm mostly growing clones around here because they perform just so well and seeing it compared to, you know, people who aren't in California. I mean, there's still people who are getting fantastic results from seed, fantastic results from clone in other places, but it just re- I realized that having those clones was such a big advantage and and in the the retail dispensary market around here, they they go away, you know, they don't last for that long before they get rotated out and there are definitely a couple clones I bought in at retail that I really loved and since are are no longer available, you can't find them. I mean, people have them, but you can't you can't just go out and buy them. So hmm. with this Orchata cut in particular, I really just wanted to save seeds for myself. I thought it was a great generic parent in the sense that it it's got its its smell is it's got this really creamy nose with this complex spicy gas, herbal kind of I don't know, hmm. some of the some of the gelato crosses they really have this creamy smell. I don't know if you've come across it, but but it yeah. It, yeah. It's a very mellowing effect, and uh, it smells good. And what I thought would be good about that turp profile is that it's it's not that it doesn't smell strong. It's definitely a good, strong smell, but it's not, you know, like a strong lemon strain is going to slap you in the face with the yeah. smell. And the cream smell is never going to do that in the same way. So I thought this is going to be something really – and it performs super well. It's dense. It's frosty. It's got color. It has so many things going for it that I thought this is a great – parent to just hit all the different cuts I've managed to collect and just preserve these seeds for myself. Cause even if I've got, like I took my super lemon haze, which is amazing cut the purple city genetic super lemon haze. If anyone in California who can get that cut and likes lemons, sativa, you really should. But I thought like, so if I hit that with the orchata, you're probably going to have a lot of phenos where that super lemon comes through really strong. And, you know, you're probably just going to add some some frost and density to the buds. You know, you're going to you're going to be able to find some super lemon phenotypes in there. Whereas if I took the super lemon as a parent and hit things, it's going to be a lot harder. So I thought, honestly, it's genericness combined with what a performer it was just made it a fantastic parent in my mind. Oh, yeah. I actually had to just pull up, <laughs> pull up your pictures here and look at it again, because that's she's so pretty. 
Yeah, that's as close as it comes to actually like becoming aroused from a non-human thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like that's that's yeah. You, you, you guys listening, you you need to check this shit out. Like this. What are you? Let me go back to your just to make sure I'm telling everybody right here. You're at uh, Zeno Grows. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, just at Zeno Grows on Instagram there. Uh, wow. Yeah, the Orchata is, I, I mean, I won't lie, like, and say her beauty isn't part of the appeal, you know? I mean, she's so pretty, and she's got that just the tightest nug structure around, probably. So I just shucked about 25 different crosses worth of seeds, right? You know, breaking up the buds, sorting out the seeds. And I got to say, the Orchata cross, a nightmare to shuck because it's just so dense. Like the all the but you know, because you got you really got to break up the butt as much as you can. So and and doing that one was just an absolute nightmare because it, its density really is next level. But it, she's a tiny bit stretchier than I would like, but it's it really is very manageable. I don't want to scare people off with that. I, it's it's totally manageable. She could be a tiny bit less stretchy, but I don't think it's really a problem and. Just, amazing veg vigor amazing the things that we as growers look for you know because there's there's what i was actually just at the uh cultivated the clone company in california they have public events uh, anyone in california is interested in that you should check them out they're uh, at cult so they spell it it's c-l-t-v-t-d no vowels on one underscore m-g check them out that's where i got a lot of my genetic material to start with most of it um, they're really one of the best around. And I was, I was at their event yesterday talking with a lot of big cultivators and the like, and, uh, well, I actually don't remember where I was going with this train of thought, but, um, <laughs> right. Okay. Right. But there's what, right. What we as growers look for versus what smokers want, you know, and smokers, they, you know, the, what I noticed most of the big growers, they really, for them, what they wanted is stuff that smoked well to smoke for their personal, it, all they, they don't, the flavor is not a huge deal. Like, you know, it's really about how's the effect, how's it smoke? How do you feel smoking a big joint of it? You know? Um, yeah. and then other than that, if you're a large scale cultivator, what, what makes money, you know? Yeah, uh, cause definitely. they just, you know, and I mean, we're talking about out here in California where they're telling, you know, if you got green versus purple, you know, that green, you're taking a couple hundred dollars a pound hit at minimum just just because it's green you know even if it's fire um so they can't Uh grow anything green for a sale you know you just can't you need it to be purple um but as growers we also love things that that grow really well you know i've grown a lot of cuts and i think we all know that some plants grow like shit you know and they're just a nightmare to work with and yeah okay let's say you baby them and you can get them to perform right and the bud's really good. But especially for me, small home grower trying to work with, because I was a strain collector trying to work with as many different cuts as I could. I don't have time for weak plants, you know, <laughs> unless it was truly like some life changing effect off the bud or something, you know, no, I'm not working with it. So I do try to, I, I look, I look for plants that perform well. Oh Yeah. Well, speaking for the rest of us, we appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, who knows what these are going to be like, but I tried to select strong parents, and I'm, you know, working with pretty good stock here. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, I mean, your pitchers are amazing and all, but even if these were kind of shitty pitchers, yeah. you know, you could still tell this is some fire ass shit here. Yeah. You know? I mean, and this is come. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to try to, I'm not a master grower, man. I'm, I'm a home grower, you know, it's still touch and go, you know, make mistakes and clear, you know, talking to people growing with like a hundred lights, like clearly I'm not, my growing knowledge, not on that level. I don't know how to work in an environment like that. So I'm definitely, and also it's a good point to mention that, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. Do you feed synthetically or do you do organics? Up to recently, we've uh, been doing, uh, we've been using synthetic nutrients Mm -hmm. in our soil auto grows. Right. Uh, But I don't know if, Right. Just recently, we were sponsored here by the Nature's Living Soil, which they have like a really good autoflower mix. Hi. So. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I, for soil especially because seedlings and synthetics can be here uh, touch and go here and there. Yeah. Um. But uh. But you know, so these guys growing in big indoor facilities, you know, of course we're running synthetics. Um. And you know, but the thing, if you heard of crop steering. I have seen it mentioned. Yeah, so I don't understand it. But, you know, what these guys are talking about is basically you can feed your plants at these really, really high nutrient concentrations and just push them to the limit. But it's these calculations all about how much you dry back and stuff. But the point there is mm. a lot of what these people are selecting for, selecting foreign cuts, selecting foreign seeds is stuff that, you know, what – and I don't know this, I'm not a plant scientist, you know, but my thinking is what, what performs really well in that environment is not always the same thing that's going to perform well in a home grow. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the truth is in a home grow, you know, most of us do not have our irrigation and environment set up so much that we can be feeding at 4.0 EC and calculating the drybacks that much, you know, so uh, you know, most home growers run into challenges a long way, so you do need hardy plants. You know, somewhat, somewhat that grow well. You know, that's why I don't. I, mm-hmm. I people talk to me about breeding with skittles or whatever. I never, I don't have the skittles cut. I never had it, but I don't have any interest because pe- everyone talks about how bad it grows. Yeah. Um, similarly, not not crazy about the runts bubblegum terp. You know, that's I don't honestly understand the deal. What the deal with all that is. Uh, not my favorite, but people do like it. So I, I did work with the spritzer and got, got that in a lot of testing right now. It definitely has the, the runts turp with that bubble gummy smell. Um, we got some big, I mean, also if anyone, again, like I said, cultivated MG, check them out to see where I got a lot of my breeding stock from another finest is amazing. Uh, at finest with a pH at finest cannabis. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, people who are in California listening to this, like you guys should be watching dispensary menus and the pages of these really good clone companies. Um, I would say the three you want to watch more than anyone are node labs, finest cannabis and cultivated MG. Uh, and they're all just putting out incredible, really clean tissue cultured, really good cuts. Everything I've had from them has just performed incredible. So if you guys want to see that most of the stock I'm working with, you can check them out. The Autoflower Review uses Dynomyco in every single grow. 
great for soil, cocoa, and other growing media. Check out their products at www.dinomyco.com or search Amazon. Many thanks to Dinomyco for sponsoring the Autoflower Review. Check out our Instagram to see Dinomyco in action. Now, back to the review. It's, I mean, I, I just can't stop scrolling through your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, at first, you know, it's like, oh, okay, I was looking for this one thing. And then, you know, and you start looking at the pictures. Yeah, I jumped over to uh, the CLTVTD yeah. genetics. And uh, yeah, you weren't lying. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, and, and I mean, I grew a lot, I mean, honorable mentions of clone companies in California include, uh, Purple City Genetics and Dark Heart Nursery. I've worked with quite a bit from Purple City too. Um, they're not bad, nothing wrong with them. I think they're fine. They're not doing, to my knowledge, they're not doing tissue culture, like finest cultivated and no labs are so I am not prioritizing them as much for, you know, I mean, everyone's talking about hops viroid. I've never seen any symptoms of hops viroid. I know it can be symptomless. You know, it's a whole, it's a ongoing thing. But what I do know is I like those tissue culture cuts. And so I'm, I'm going to be certainly in any further breeding work, which I do actually have the first class funk pollination going on right now. And that's mostly, that's a node labs cut, the first la- class funk, which is, Oh my God, man, the, the creamy GMO terps on that. Holy cow. I don't know if you've had a lot of chem GMO terp like, but it hit, it, it hits really hard. So I can compare it this way, like comparing it to the spritzer, which is a runts cross. That's runts crossed a great pie and Mac. Uh, they're both really potent, but the spritzer is kind of a more just stony in general. You know, it's got that head fog strong. Now, the first-class funk is crazy potent. hits you in your body really hard, and it's a strong head high, too, but I always like it when there's a little bit of functionality in the high. I agree with you almost completely. I, I, like, a, I like a heavy high, but also clear. Yeah. You know. I mean, especially a lot of us who are growers, not all of us, but a lot of us, we're smoking all day. So, you know, there, there's something to be said for the different type. I mean, honestly... I, I feel I, I feel for people who are casual consumers these days. I mean, most of the weed they're going to be smoking is too strong for them, probably. You know, <laughs> and no no shade about that. I don't I don't I don't judge anyone for any of that. You know, people should smoke the right amount of cannabis for them. But uh, honestly, if you're a casual consumer, you probably would be happier with the bud that was around ten years ago. You know, and honestly, a lot of those lower THC strains did have more. There is something to be said for when the THC percentages is getting as high as it's getting that all the different varieties feel a little more generic. Yeah. Um, and you need some other cannabinoids in there. I am certainly thinking about working more older strains or different strains, particularly strains without cookies, any land race kind of stuff, you know, but I, I it it's, it's things to consider, you know, there's also what do people want? You know, I mean, I've got, I mean, there's things I like, so I have the, I pollinated the New York city pith, which has this kind of mango haze smell. I never got to smoke it just mm. to see mom, but it's very hazy, fruity fermenting. Um, you know, to, to the right person, that's the most interesting cross on the menu. 
but yeah. how many people actually want it. And very true. I, I could have picked up the Cuban Black Haze cup, which is an even more like pure sativa than that. But I, I didn't, because A, I didn't want to deal with it. And I didn't think people would really want it, you know. I have someone yeah. who's been begging me to reverse the Super Lemon Haze, but I, again, I just don't think there's enough of a demand for it to warrant a whole pollination project. Yeah, that's got to be a kind of a tough call sometimes, especially if it's one that you like a lot. But you, Oh, God, absolutely. That, that Dude, the <laughs> Super Lemon Haze is incredible. Like, it's, re- it's funny because it's really kind of fallen out of favor with a lot of people, I think, because it does. So it's the way I like to break down lemon is there's like kind of sweet and sour lemon turp. You know, is it sweet or is it sour? Mm-hmm. And also, does it have that gas on the back end or is it more of an herbal jack? like minty grass turp and the super lemon haze it's it's super sweet lemon like it's like like it smells like a tray of lemons that are like covered in like crystallized sugar you know and with that that some of that jack turp and people don't like that jack jack turp but it it's good and it smokes so good i mean if you want to go out and just hang out in the park or something if you're going out and being active Oh my God, bring a joint of the super lemon haze. It's incredible. You know, and even Hell just yeah. the smell on this one of the, it, it came, the smell and taste comes through really good on the smoke too. You know, I would get, I would get a lot mm-hmm. of compliments if I was just smoking that in a park out in San Francisco, you know, people come up and be like, dude, that smells fucking amazing. So <laughs> it's a really good cross, you know, and I have a couple people who are really interested. No labs just took 30 again. So the, the, the tissue culture company, uh, that I got the cuts from. I sent them, uh, you know, some tester packs of a couple seeds that they might be popping in a couple months. We'll see how that goes, you know. But they they're interested in the super lemon haze too. So it, the right to the right person, it's it's incredible, and I I would certainly recommend it. I would I would love to try it for sure. It's not like just I've I've always been kind of partial to like lemon strains. I don't. Or what I, at least in my early years, what I, I thought was, you know, lemon was in there. Right. You know, and it's, it's, of course, I live in a totally different world than you do, man. Right. <laughs> you know, um, I can't imagine just being in a park and just smoking a joint and not, you know, yeah. <laughs> no than I'm smoking a cigarette. It is, it's even back before it was recreational legal in the Bay Area, you can smoke a joint in front of a cop. Like, I mean, you know, depending, you know, maybe not in the in the wrong, you know, it's definitely never a good idea, you know, if you get some asshole who wants to pick a fight, but they yeah. don't give a fuck, you know, for the most part about, about weed in the Bay Area, even, even before, uh, we legalized, full, we went recreational in 2016. Man. Yeah. I plan to make a trip out there, man. Like one of these days. You could come for Emerald Cup. Hmm. It's uh probably in a couple months. Uh, I'm I stupidly missed Emerald Cup last year, even though I'm only an hour away. Uh, but you know, a lot of people come from out of state and stuff. I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna be meeting people at Emerald Cup this year from out of state and the like. Hmm, that's a thought. Yeah, I'm, I'll look into that because I uh, the other day I was kind of thinking it'd be kind of cool to you know at some point be able to to you know make a trip like that and actually like Absolutely. take the to it. You know, and, you know, and actually the only, have a laptop and talk to people and shit. Yeah. The only one of those weed conventions I ever went to is this one in San Francisco. And I don't even remember what it was called, but it sucked. 
It was tiny. There was just a couple booths of flour, like, and it, it was, I, so I actually missed Emerald Cup, but I know that Emerald Cup is really, really good. Uh, tons of, you know, <laughs> clones, seeds, everything. Oh, yeah, dude. Sorry, my dogs are barking out here. No, no worries, man. I know how it is. <laughs> the listeners have experienced that before. <laughs> There's one particular one. He's just a son of a bitch. Puppy. He just, mm. <laughs> but they're good dogs. They're real smart. But that the yeah. one that you might hear is just, it's the way he barks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's just saying, like, fuck you. I have a cat yeah. that just howls incessantly to me. He's not allowed to go outside. <laughs> and it's just like, that's his sole purpose in life is to get out and he'll just sit by the door and you got this really piercing how it's like, uh, I don't know, you know, I'll be playing, uh, like Elden ring and fighting some just really hard boss. And he's just five feet away from me, just howling his head off. I'm like, cat, you really, you know, there's a time and a place. You're really trying my patience. <laughs> oh man. Cats, cats are a different thing altogether, man. That's, we actually had one when we first moved here and to this place here about two years them. ago. You know, you do get you end up yeah. getting cat hair around your plants. It's inevitable when you own cats, <laughs> but you know it's the price we pay. Yeah, yeah they they definitely think they own the place. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, well, yeah. when, when cat piss isn't just a strain. <laughs> yeah. Definitely, it's a reality. I did have one time a kit, my kitten. I have a little tent in my room for side projects, and and he took it on himself to piss in there, which <laughs> was my fault for leaving the bottom unzipped. I'm like, okay, man, I I, I own it, you know. But, <laughs> yeah. but did you have to piss in there, buddy? Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's 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 a great cat, though. I love him. <laughs> oh, cats will just. I mean, the one we had. I mean, it, it ran off like about a year ago disappeared but before that when we moved here we, we'd had him at the previous place so when we moved here uh he usually liked to be outside so but you know we were worried that since he, you know, he didn't know that yeah. it might be good to keep him inside the first few days man we woke up to this fat motherfucker just jumping up on the bed <laughs> and just took this huge shit right on us. oh damn that's brutal man, I, man. i've never it, had that it was like and it like made eye contact with me too. Yeah. Like when it did it, it turned its head around Damn. and looked at me. And I was like, you know, cause I love animals. I'll never want to hurt one, but that was one <laughs> moment where I was like, I'm about, you, yeah. to, I'm about to snap your neck, dude. What are you doing? Literally doing? like pushing you to the brink. Yeah. That's fucked, dude. I'd be, I'd be, ooh, I'd be, I'd be really mad. <laughs> I was man. I, I mean, but. at that point, because he did it twice, actually, and then Damn. the second time is when I was like, "All right, you're going outside. Yeah. If you disappear, that's on you." But you're an outdoor you're cat now. <laughs> yeah, you were not meant to be inside with us. Some you of them that. can't, yeah, but they do love. Uh, <laughs> they love eating weed leaves, man. Most of them, <laughs> at least most of mine do. Interesting. I wonder why that is. You know, they eat grass. I don't. I've heard a lot of dogs eat them too. Hmm. They can smell. I mean, I do get, I get bees coming to my outdoor plants, you know, they can smell, which is a, a good segue to, you know, something that is for I don't people who have out, experienced outdoor gardening. I'm curious what they think, but I've found that, uh, especially outdoors where you're going to have trouble keeping pests away with any kind of physical barrier. They love the sweet smelling plants. 
that's their favorite. If it smells really sh- like sweet, not even just fruity, but sweet, that they'll be all, all over it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that. I can't remember if it was an article or what, but there was a guy that had, you know, a garden. And also he was a beekeeper. And apparently his bees pollinated or tried to pollinate the plants. Yep. And, you know, the honey was green and really, really good. Holy cow. Damn, green honey. Holy shit. Yeah, because apparently with bees, like THC does not affect them. It just goes straight through it and it basically yeah. decarbs it. So you could just eat that honey right you got out your of the weed box. honey. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like nature made. Naturally so processed. That's definitely, if it if I'm ever able to just openly grow and shit in my area, that's one thing. I want to get a bee box. Hell I think yeah. it's called a square or something like that. Yeah. Some weird name, but. But yeah, I get a colony and just place it right beside you know, my area there. And Absolutely. Just, you know, let it go. Yeah, growing growing outdoors is a whole different kind of deal. I mean, definitely having some kind of minimal greenhouse structure can help. It can be a double-edged sword because it can make it hotter in the hot summer. But it's tough. You know, where I'm at, you guys you, – you guys, I don't know if you have, you probably have them, the, the cabbage white butterflies. You you know about these? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. man. I probably see a hundred of them a day. <laughs> They're just, I mean, I have a big garden with lots of other stuff, lots of, you know, vegetables and fruit trees and the like, but they are just everywhere. And I have developed this just mm-hmm. like hatred it's it, you know there are these really pretty little butterflies but i'm like you are gonna ruin everything you fuck. i i just like i i've tried to smash them a lot of times i don't think i got one one time i, I had my hose and i you know i set it to that super powerful jet option and i just got him and bam smashed him against the rock with the water hit but that's the only one i ever killed i also I'm like, well, they're pests, but also I'm like, oh, they're they're an invasive species, so you know, yeah. And also, they're gonna kill my fucking plants, so. Oh yeah, fuck that. Yeah, I'll genocide their ass at that point. Like, yeah. Luckily, uh, I have been seeing more uh, monarchs around here than than we had before. So hopefully, they really? end up coming too. back. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely more than last summer, for sure. So hmm. I'd certainly here's hoping that that their population recovers. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I just I actually just noticed a couple three weeks ago. Yeah, I've seen a couple. I've hmm. definitely seen a, a. You know, I haven't seen swarms of them, but I normally see about one one a day. Um, oh, yeah. so that's definitely a lot more than I was seeing last summer, where I hardly saw any. Yeah, I don't, same here. It yeah, has to be related. I, I am <laughs> just. I'm taking a class. We have locally. We have a community college with a big horticulture program so i am going to be taking some classes there they are actually teaching classes on uh cannabis you know they they basically even have a class that's basically a cannabis breeding class you know combined with cannabis history but work you know uh it's taught by the uh the the lead breeder for dark heart nursery which is a huge clone company out here in california um, and she has a PhD in uh, plant breeding, um, oh, so there should be awesome. some really great information there. Yeah, that's man, I'd love to do something like that. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, 
it's with some, I mean, it's a, it's a fully online class, you know, unfortunately, oh. if you're not in state, you probably have to pay like, like for me as a California resident, I can, I can take it for like 150 bucks for the class, but it's probably more if you're out of state, unfortunately. Hmm. That's cool. It's online though. But yeah, you can look into it. It's a, um, Merritt college in Oakland. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they, they teach classes uh, specializing in cannabis now. They even offer like a cannabis horticultural certification kind of deal. Hmm. Yeah, that man, that'll be the day when you can just say, hey, what's your major? And you're like, right. fucking cannabis. I, I mean, know? even for me living in the Bay Area where obviously weed is thoroughly ingrained in culture here, even for me, I'm like, what the fuck? You can finally you can take a class in this now? Are you kidding me? <laughs> God damn. Hell yeah. Yeah, so I was like, fuck it, let's hop on that, you know? Yeah, man, you'll probably learn a lot, man. Like, there's, yeah. I mean, I, I would, that's one of the biggest, re- I, I actually thought about doing the same thing, but locally and just, just, you know, general. Totally. You know, I'm also taking the general horticulture class, and it seems like it's going to be a lot of amazing information. I mean, hell yeah. You know, the one thing we as weed growers, you know, we tend to be very specialized in our knowledge of plant care, you know? And, mm-hmm. and we also all know, I'm not calling anyone out. I don't even know anyone who I would call. I'm sure we've all done it. We all will do it. The amount of misinformation around is crazy, yeah. you know? And I mean, I remember I, I've been having trouble with doing seedlings and synthetics, you know, and, and Coke acquire. It's a kind of a difficult medium to sprout seedlings in. made up like just a story, po- got so many responses and I just got every answer you could have possibly imagined, you know? Along with some reoccurring answers, you know, but it definitely was just all over the spectrum. And I think for us, you know, if you're trying to be a, especially if we're trying to scale up or upgrade our understanding of this, having an actual basic understanding of plant metabolism and, you know, other things like this, you know, I mean, the truth is that there's a whole world of people who study these things for a living that we've been essentially locked out of for a long time by the criminalization of cannabis. And there are plenty of people in cannabis with horticulture degrees. Absolutely. Like, but you know, I think that will be a foundation that's just going to make everything so much easier, especially going forward, making more seeds. You know, I do love the response I've gotten to making seeds really fantastic. And, uh, you know, I'd love to keep doing it if it proves to be successful. Definitely, man. Yeah. I, I really appreciate, you know, people like you that do that because I mean, obviously there's, you know, your big outfits that sell seeds, but I can attest to several situations that I planted those same, you know, identical seeds and definitely got two different plants. Oh, <laughs> It yeah. was not the same strength. Well, Both the, fine and good, but you yeah, know, you're going to have same. trouble getting away from that. Uh, that's the truth is I think people, well, especially, I mean, people in cannabis just aren't, you know, this is a complex question that I'm going to be learning about literally in my class. We're talking about this in my cannabis genetics class, but like, you know, it's difficult at this point, you know, everything is so polyhybridized, right? You know, yeah. I mean... Whereas the example I heard someone use was if you get a pink Berkeley tie dye tomato or whatever, and you pop a pack of seeds, they're going to be pretty, uh, pretty uniform. 
But so part of what I know, and I'm not an expert on this by any means. So if I'm wrong, people, I apologize. Uh, but with like a lot of food crops, almost all our food crops of a lot of types are grown from seed, like squash or whatever. And these are all going to be F1 crosses. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm making this up. That's going to be your yellow Indian squash cross with your Mexican gourd melon. I don't, I don't know, whatever the fuck it is. And Hmm. the, they've figured out that, you know, because you can think about how dominant and recessive genes work. Right. And for instance, like if you have, if you cross, um, like two with two plants with the same recessive traits or with the same fully dominant traits, like in certain scenarios, they'll produce seedlings with 100% of the same trait. Now, not for all the traits, but for certain traits, you can find that we'll have 100% uniformity on these F1 hybrids. But here's the problem with cannabis is like, so if I make wedding cake X gelato 33 or whatever, this is not really an F1 hybrid. In and again, people, if I'm wrong about this, I'm so sorry. I'm not an expert. Um, like in the sense of, you know, if we think about plant breeding, you know, an F1 hybrid would have to be things that are actually more different than each other. I believe, like hmm. taking like a an heirloom citrus or something. You know, taking a citrone and crossing it to a I don't I don't know Texas orange or something. Um, so at this point, certainly cannabis is a whole lot less genetically stable than a lot of these food crops because people have, that's not what they've been breeding for, you know, and especially with propagation from clone, you know, the market was never for people planting a hundred thousand seeds in a field, which is where the agricultural market is for. And that's why you're going to see that, that that stability there. Um, so to really get that, st- I don't know, but you know, I've heard people say F2s are even more unstable, but you know, maybe once you get to F4, F5, people do the back crossing. The truth is I'm, I'm totally new to this and I'm just going to learn about this, how it goes, you know? So I would definitely expect yeah. significant, I would expect variance in these plants, um, for sure. You know, yeah. and I think I think what people have to realize with can with the way cannabis seeds are right now is that's that's pretty much how it goes. You know, and the, and and you got to be pheno hunting, essentially. Yeah. Um. Uh. I. You know. And the truth is, it's tough because if you, let's say, I make my hybrid from I'm taking Pakistan Shitrol Kush and I'm crossing it with Thailand, and I pick the select I, I select the traits for that for eight ten generations you know really work it out and do a new thing that i made that people don't have and is consistent well the truth is no one knows what it is and do people want to buy it or would they rather have a wedding cake cross a skittles cross etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. and generally they're going to go for the wedding cake cross the skittles cross they're not really interested in your f7 you know, except for what people who do have been doing this a long time do start to, you know, the longer you buy seeds and the, the more you focus on growing and, and really think about it, the more your taste will refine. And you'll think, 
Well, I have a big collection of seeds. If I'm buying more seeds, I want something with a unique purpose. Take your grow to a new level with new level hydroponics, state-of-the-art hydroponic systems. The Autoflower Review uses New Levels Deluxe DWC system that features a Venturi pump which allows water changes into a nearby sink. New Level Systems comes with everything you need to get going hydroponically with your budget in mind. We thank New Level for sponsoring our featured photo tent and allowing us to show you how superior they really are. Check out their systems at www.newlevelhydro.com. Of course, my perception is... I'm sure way more limited than yours and, and just being in the area where you are. But uh, I, at least from what I've grown, I've kind of noticed that it seems like seeds that come from, you know, I, I'm assuming just a mass produced source. Right. Seem to have more of a variance than ones I get from, you know, well, frankly, people mm. like you, like people that just yeah. like, sit there and honed in like, Right, two or three strains, you know. Well, I definitely think, I mean, the truth is we all know that a lot of big breeders are not doing testing. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to name anyone's name because I have no interest in doing that or starting drama, but I certainly know of big, large scale breeders who are not testing or even selling things they know are bad. You know, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, it is tough being someone small doing this by yourself. It's like how high of a standard do you hold yourself to? Well, definitely higher than that, you know, mm-hmm. but am I going to, you know, I mean, also at the, you know, you could hold, you know, oh, well, these seeds only have a 97% germination rate. I don't feel like that's good enough. And obviously that's a, an exaggerated example, but figuring out where you draw the line and to, for me, where that is, is, you know, just uh, test the progeny fully before anything gets sold. You know, that's that's what I think about it. And it's like, hey, I, I don't know. You know, that's why these are testers. I don't know how well they're going to work, but I want to see what I can do with them, see what other people can do with them and do any of that before I sell. And right now I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to get seeds out to people, to good growers who want to grow them, you know, try to spread them around to people in the industry, you know, uh, you know, it's just, this is a fun little project that I never thought would take off the way it has, but you know, ultimately it's all going to depend on what's in those seeds. But I do think, well, I have no, let me put it this way. I have no doubt there's incredible phenotypes in those seeds. I'm certain of it. The question is like, are there problems like a high herm rate or germination or whatever, whatever, you know, is it just, does it not grow well? You know, I just would need to see those things. And for me, that's the bar right now is everything has to be tested. Yeah. That's probably a really good, uh, you know, especially for smaller breeders as yourself to, uh, I'm just thinking about if it were me, like being able to just sling it out there and, you know, have people in different environments and stuff like that and different skill levels right, and stuff like that. And just kind of see what happens and what comes back to yeah. you. And that, that must be a lot of fun. Kind of like, kind of finding out your kid did something cool. Oh, you know, or whatever. it's so great to see people popping seeds, you know? Um, and honestly, you know, it's, it's necessary. Cause like my first batch of seeds that I popped, like, Oh, my first time popping seeds in cocoa and doing them synthetically and just, Ooh, they had a rough start. Now, actually most of them recovered really well. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. so even with a rough start, most of them end up recovering really well. But, uh, 
seeing, making sure that's not the seed and seeing a lot of other people popping seeds, having really great results, really healthy plants coming up. Yeah. Um, it is definitely, it is kind of nervous. It's like moment of truth, you know, let's see what in these, you know, <laughs> is, is the 90% herm rate about to reveal itself to me or whatever, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, that's, that's just how, how it's going to be. And, and honestly, no matter, I mean, those, the, I've fulfilled my original intention with those seeds, which was to create a vault of seeds for myself. The truth is, let's say there's too high of a herm rate to release them. Well, I can still hunt through it for myself and find a fire phenotype, you know? Yeah. Um, I have no doubt that there's extremely fire phenotypes in those seeds. I mean, the orchata is so fucking dank. And, and I mean, I'm working even now on the first class funk, which I think is more, it's a more specific plant. It, it's got that GMO turf and it's got that heavy body. It's, it's high. Like the orchata, that's literally an all day smoke. You smoke that any time of the day. You know, um, first class funk, more specified, you know, it's going to hit you hard. Um, but it's with that, I hit it to a lot of other really great, like chem GMO crosses, hitting it to the Canarado, Gelati, the Zots. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I think, I think to an extent that one will, if people are looking for potency, the first class funk is certainly in, and. Not a lot of people have heard of the first class funk, but uh, certainly the people I have talked to who move in certain circles love the first class funk, and it it smokes yeah. really fantastically, grows pretty well. Um, you know, I think I think, and that uh, that poll, I'm going to be pollinating those plants in the next couple of days. Going to have an S1 oh, yeah. coming out, you know, if it passes testing, so everyone can try that S1 which I think would be fantastic as long as it passes testing. Yeah, dude, we're, we're definitely looking forward to, uh, to getting started. The ones you're, uh, you're sending us, you know, like that's, it's hard. It's hard not to be. Dude, so yeah. Know. I'm you super know. juiced, man. Especially you said you like fruity, so you should yeah. like though, you know, and honestly, you know, uh, what, what did I put in there? Okay. So there's the chili verde and the forbidden runs. And just in case, the chili verde seeds is kind of interesting. Some of them they have these little like lines kind of running through the seed casing that they look a little odd. Hmm. You know that's so I just but they look pretty mature. So that's why I'm still sending them out and I'm being like, well, you know, if they don't germ, they don't germ. That's why I'm sen- I'm sending you an extra pack of the blueberry muffin cross because I know you said you like blueberry. No, oh, yeah. Um, so, but both you should have some great blueberry terps on both of both because the chili verde is very blueberry. It's blueberry with this like herbal twist. Hmm. Yeah, I'm real excited to, to check that out. That uh, it's hard to kind of imagine that, like, because you know most again in this part of the country, I mean, occasionally decent shit flows through mm-hmm. and everything, but. Generally speaking, what you would normally get is just kind of, you know, very regular. Yeah. You know, so what kind of terps are you guys getting out there? God, I I would say I don't even know what you'd call it. Like just generally, like just you know, the stuff you usually come across is just generic. Yeah. You know, it's like there's not really like a def- defined like oh yeah, there's a, you know kind of that like mild, slightly gassy weed smell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like lately there's been a couple things that come through that did have uh, the only way I can really 
put into words is like it reminded me of the mids you used to get back in the night. Yeah. Like that taste, that mm. whatever. <laughs> I don't know what the it's word just is. Just making that, me that. think, man. Like you probably like if you had a if you had a, a pack of forbidden fruit out there, you'd be the weed king. Oh whatever. my god! Yes. Uh, did you ever have forbidden fruit? Uh, no, I haven't actually had any. For people you know, who haven't had forbidden was. fruit, this is like literally the best smelling weed I've ever smelled by a lot. Like mm. there is not a close second. Like it literally smells like a bowl of like every fruit and mm. just the loudest smell, big purple buds. The one thing people don't like about fruit, it doesn't smoke well. It's pretty, it, it. People talk about it being low potency. I don't think that's the problem. I just think its cannabinoid profile is kind of not awesome. It's like, eh. You know, mm. it's just not a great smoke, but it is literally like the best smelling shit of all time. That's one of those cuts. Like if they're like magic moment, you can wish back three cuts. I would definitely, you know, that one just, to, that would be such a good can. I'm surprised I don't see more crosses with that. I guess people don't. I guess people don't buy the crosses because they know forbidden fruit is kind of weak smoke. But I mean, I know you could find a fire phenotype in there because you mix it with something potent and you find your mix of just your super fruity, super fire pheno. I need to send you this one. Um, we actually have it going and it's only a week or two old, but uh, it's dipping sticks mixed with chimera number three from uh, Beely's. Oh, I, yeah, I, I've seen photos of the dipping sticks. It's definitely, it's got that Mac like cover. Oh my God. Thing. Yeah, dude. When you said that, I was just thinking like, what have you mixed that with, with, uh, yeah. that? I don't know. Cause yeah, that's For one sure. of those that don't even look real kind of thing. Yeah, man. I mean, there's so. some, there's a lot of good choices, you know, and that's, that is kind of why it's frustrating. Sometimes you grow a cut from a local clone company and most of their cuts from most of the companies I've gotten are quite good. And then you grow a cut and it's okay. It's just not nearly as good as the others. And you're like, yeah. why is this on the menu? You know why? And, and no shade, like whatever, I'm sure to the right grower, that's a good cut, but it's kind of, if you don't know what you're picking up, sometimes you pick up a cut and you're like, wow, that's kind of mediocre compared to the other, yeah. some of the other stuff I've gotten. But there are some, some amazing ones that, I'd like to get back, you know, like chocolate hash berry. That's a very mm. local phenomenon. As far as I understand, it's from a very local breeder who mostly operates in California. Um, and it is the, it's blackberry kush pollinated with chocolate kush. Um, oh, it's just probably the most vigorous plant I ever grew. Giant buds, but you know, with some, it's interesting also to see as clones come around, uh, clones do not yield as high as they did five years ago. And that, I don't think that's, mm. I'm not, I don't think that's a hops viroid thing, anything like that. I think it's literally just what people are selecting for. They need that mega frost, you know, because the truth is you got a giant bud of green crack or blue dream. It's not as frosty as your garlic cookie icing, right? Um, but the chocolate hashberry had the just monster buds, ice to hell, jet black, woody chocolate Damn. incense terps. Um, that, that growing the chocolate hashberry cut from dark heart is how I got, uh, you know, how I met, uh, purple caper who's the breeder of chocolate hashberry and, you know, has sent me clones and seeds for a long time. He's a great guy. He's who I was talking about 
that s- grew those auto flowers I was talking to you about, the Runt's oh, Cake okay. Autos. Um, and I would recommend to everyone to check out Purple Caper. He's an awesome guy. He's got really, really fire stuff. He's uh, at Caper Purple on Instagram. You guys should check him out for sure. Uh, but so he's awesome. And he bred those Runt's Cake Autos, which have been performing really fantastic for me. Oh yeah, not to check that out, man. I'm talking about that damn chocolate strain is just like. Well, I got. I actually I drove all the way down to you know if you want to buy his um like so the chocolate hashberry is very desirable, you know sometimes so most of his seeds for most of his career were released at dispensaries but like on a seed bank that chocolate hashberry is always uh, listed double the price of all the other strains. You know, hmm. and that's the seed bank because, like, when I went to a dispensary, local dispensary in San Jose, you know, his seeds were on sale for, uh, you know, literally a quarter of the price you'd find them online because that's how much the, the seed the seed banks are, you know, taking so much. Yeah. As far as my understanding, I've never worked with a seed bank, but my understanding is that in when you're buying a seed online, the seed bank's generally taking about half. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm sure in certain certain situations, that's fair. Right. You know, I mean, they have it's, the, it's a business, you know, you know absolutely. you got to operate, yeah. you know. Um, to start with, I think I will be probably doing more direct sale for the first. But, you know, these are not huge batches by any means, you know. Yeah. Probably the most, probably off my highest yielding strains, I might get 150 packs or something like that. Um, so probably just be doing direct, but you know, eventually if I move up and keep doing this, yeah, working with a seed bank will be a necessity. Essentially can't do that all on your own. Yeah. That'd be hard to keep up with it for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, we definitely appreciate you sharing some with us to uh, put through a review here and show the listeners. Yeah, man. I, I really hope they perform well for you. I I'm excited for them. I, for all all the ones I sent you to, especially mm, the Chili Verde one, that that as something I don't know why people describe it as spicy. Like to me, it's more herbal, but it's got like what people don't talk about with Chili Verde is hell of blueberry. Hmm. At least on this, this is the dark part cut uh, of the Chili Verde, which is my understanding is that's the common cut that got out into California. Supposedly, it's the you know what the breeder of Chili Verde said that the common Chili Verde cut is actually his his D cut, not his A cut. That's like one of his least favorite Chili Verde cuts, but that's how good it is that everyone likes it still. They love the D cut. Which, that's what the Dark Heart cut is, supposedly. Hell yeah, dude. But yeah, it is a, it's delicious, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm hoping to actually start both of those just side by side, actually. and you know. Hell yeah, dude. Go for it. That's... You know, like you say, it is what it is if whatever happens. But, I mean, I, I feel like, you know. Certainly, I'm hoping for good results, you know. Yeah, well, no, I mean, either way, like, the way I see it is, it's better to do something like this and fail right. maybe a few times, you know, but better than not to have done it in the first place, you know. I mean, it's, right. You do got to think you're of trying them as, to do something as awesome. learning processes. They are. I've had some big, mm-hmm. big failures, you know. A uh, whole tent pollinated by a herm, you know. Uh, yeah. You fucking accidentally hit the switch on your timer that leaves it on twenty four hours and reveg your whole grow. 
uh, <sighs> you know, but we do learn. And I, you know, I, I've four or five years ago was someone who'd never done this before. No experience gardening did not really have anyone to directly mentor me, you know, very much trial and error. Um, I wasn't the guy who was going to sit down and read a whole book about it, you know, like and be yeah. super organized, you know, just started winging it, fucking up a lot. But now once you get a couple of years growing under your belt, it does become a lot more second nature and you know, you can deal with problems. You understand how problems can create more, you know, just getting those pieces put together really helps in that, that way. Yeah. Yeah, you got you get it's I think about what you're doing is probably on a larger scale similar to when you're very first, you know, starting just a small grow for your own and you've never done it before and you know, it's intimidating, you know, or you think you know your shit and you go and then it dies. Right. And then, and then you're just devastated cuz you you know, you've been going for like 2 or 3 months at this point. Totally. So, Dude, I know, was so lucky. Well, I was lucky and unlucky simultaneously with this horchata pollination. So the first, luckily, I had like three cuts of the horchata on hand. But so the first one I reversed, like a week after I reversed it, it just died one day. And the only thing I can think is that like the the nutrients in the weren't dissolved properly. I don't know what happened. One day it hmm. just died. Now, luckily, I had backup cuts of it and I just threw another one in there and reverse it and it worked fine but like if I hadn't had another cut of it that would have been it this whole this 25 crosses wouldn't have been made oh, damn. you know so luckily that all worked out and, and and now my first pollination was you know crazy trying to fit things everywhere changing things as I go not on you know now I have a much better sense of how that works a lot more streamlined than it will be in the future. Well, like I say, man, we're super excited to both see the future of what you're doing. And of course, to uh, grow your genetics here in the review and be able to see them firsthand. Absolutely, man. I'm super stoked for that. Super appreciate you coming on the show and talking about all this and uh, sharing your story with us. Yeah, man. I appreciate your interest, uh, man. Happy to be here and happy to talk to you. It was fun. Oh, definitely, man. And once again, uh, if you don't mind, tell, tell everybody where to find your genetics and how to get them. Yes. So right now you you can find me on Instagram as at Zeno grows with an X. So that's X E N O. And I'm also at Zeno underscore seed underscore C O. Uh, right now we don't have anything for sale. We're in the testing phase, but yeah, if, if, you know, I, I can't I can't send out seeds to everyone, but you know, if you hit me up and you've got, you know, good pictures of plants, you know, you can pop some seeds soon. Yeah, you'll probably get a tester pack. You know, I don't want to make any promises so people don't get mad at me. But yeah, hit me up. Look if if you want to test. And other than that, I mean, hopefully we'll have a release in the next couple months. Oh yeah, my biggest thing for now, like definitely go check them out and check out these pictures and follow them, and because you know obviously the future is bright. So, uh, you know that's really awesome, man. And just man, keep up the good work, dude. Thanks, man. You too. You. I'm sure we'll be talking to you again here in a little bit once we have your uh, your genetics underway. Probably a couple months down the road, but uh, uh, 
definitely looking forward to it and catching up with you. It sounds fantastic, man. Me too. All right, brother. We'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, grow and keep.